Well, we have a very special thing in store for you today. Um, I'm really excited to be launching a new series next week that I'm not going to tell you about yet, but I promise you it's a series that's probably been the most requested since I've been here, so we're going to talk about something. You may see something online promoting it, so stay tuned. Next week, we're launching a brand new series, but today, uh, I'm really excited that we have a special guest joining us. Um, his name is Dr. Dave Martin, and he's preached all over the world for everybody you can imagine. He's a friend of my wife and I's, and I'm really glad that he's decided to take some time. Um, he's really easy to hang out with, a really fun guy to be around, and he has uh, made a mark and written many books and, and impacted uh, the United States and the world with just his message of favor and hope. And I want you to know something today that, that you know, when we bring a guest in, I want you to know somebody that matters to me, right? These aren't just guests to just fill the weekend so I can get a weekend off, which is nice, by the way. I'm just going to let you know that is nice. But we want to bring somebody in that, that will help us move the church forward, and I want to introduce you to people who are going to help us be a part of that. And so I want you to do me a favor as he preaches today. You guys know the drill. When we have a guest, we amen him. Let me hear an amen. We clap. We say that's good. So I want to give you just a moment. Let's. You do what? You want to find a well-placed amen. Somebody say, that's good, preacher. That's all right. That's good. Take the hogs to the slop. I heard somebody say one time. You can say that. So do me a favor. Get on your feet. Put your hands together. And please welcome my friend, Dr. Dave Mark. Just before you sit down, just, just before you sit down, I want you to say something with me. Uh, you know, find the best looking person you can around you. Just find the best looking person. Look right at them and tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life. All right, I, that, was, that was okay, but I think you could do better. Look, you know, look at your second choice. Look at your second choice real quick. The second, but tell them, tell them the rest of your life. All right, it's getting better. Just point to yourself. Let's just try this. Say the rest of my life. Now see, when you start talking about yourself, you got a whole lot more excited. Say, we'll be the best of my life. I don't know about you. How many believe your life could get better? How many believe that? Okay. How many hope it gets better? Here's a good thing. It doesn't matter how good it's going for you right now. The rest of your life could be the best of your life. Here's the good news, doesn't matter how bad it's going for you right now, thank God that the rest of your life will be the best of your life. How many believe the Bible? How many believe the Bible? It looks like about half of you believe the Bible. Wouldn't you hate to find out it wasn't true? That'd be horrible. You ever thought about that? Like what if God didn't really write all that stuff? There's a, that's a big book, there's a lot of stuff. Anybody ever wondered that? I mean, did God really write all that stuff? Be honest, you won't go to hell. Let me see your hand real quick. Come on. Thank you, thank you. I, I've been in church my whole life. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. I've wondered, I mean, did God really write all this? I started thinking one day, though, if God didn't write it, who did? Right? If God did, yes, think, you know, I started thinking of people I knew. Because you got to narrow it down. Maybe my Uncle Tony wrote it. I don't know. He, he don't do a whole lot. <laughs> and I found that scripture. If you don't work, you don't eat. Like, nope. Uncle Tony didn't write this, you know. If you started thinking of people you knew, you know, maybe my wife wrote it, I don't know. 
Submit to your, nope, she didn't write it. Um, how many, be honest, how many, if you'd have wrote the Bible, how many could think of like three things you would not have put in there? All right, come on, there'd be like eight commandments. Tithing would have been lower, 5%. No, here's what I know. No human being could have ever wrote a standard this high. So if God said it, I'm just crazy enough to believe it. He said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. The best is yet to come. Amen, one more time before you sit down. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. You can be seated. I'm gonna get you to say that as much as I can because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. So if I can get you to keep saying it, I'll get you finally to believe it. What a great day to be at Vibrant Church. How many love your church? How many thankful for your church? So thankful for all that God is doing here. And, uh, and I love Ethan, their family, and the, the, just amazing. How many are grateful for your pastor? How many are grateful for Pastor Ethan? And... Um, Man, I just uh, so appreciate him and just to see all that God is doing uh, through him. And, and, I, and I just appreciate his, his heart to see God's kingdom and God's people become everything that they can be. And, uh, and so thank you guys for letting me come and hanging out with you this, this weekend. And everyone's just been so hospitable. It's just so, I just don't know what he did to make God like him more than he likes me. Uh, because I grew up in Mississippi, Right? And, uh, and for some reason, a couple of years ago, God got mad at me and made me move up north. <laughs> for some reason, God shined his face upon him and let him leave that horrible state of Ohio <laughs> and come to heaven on earth here in Mississippi. And uh, I'm up in Detroit freezing and, uh, and he's just down here in the beautiful red clay hills. I grew up in my all families from uh, Meridian and then I grew up down on the coast, but uh, it's good to be back in Mississippi and, and, and have a little hospitality, a little sweet tea, and, uh, and be back in SEC country. Yes. And this is the beautiful season of the year, football season. Go Tigers. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, we'll, just go, we'll just move on from there. But uh, 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 it is good to be, and the hospitality's been great. The gift basket was great. I don't know what, they, they had some... A little gift basket. They just had some interesting things in there because I like stuff for your hair. <laughs> like, did they not see a picture of me? But like, they, they had an ear, ear, hair, ear and nose hair trimmer, which I thought maybe they thought, you know, when your hair, they didn't realize when your hair, it literally falls out. It doesn't just go in and come out other places, <laughs> right? Although, actually, it kind of does, actually, now that I think about it. But anyway, uh, it, it, it was awesome, and I'm, I'm, I love gifts. How many like gifts? Yeah. How many like giving gifts? How many like getting gifts? Yeah, I love giving and getting gifts. I mean, life is a gift. God picked out this gift called life, picked it out just for you. That's what I love about the gift. He didn't give us all the same gift. God didn't go to Sam's or Costco just buy life in bulk. Just here you go. No, he, he picked it out just for you, just for me. That's why I can't be you and you can't be me, right? I, I, can't, be, I, I can't be pastor. I wish I could preach as good as him. I can't preach like that. So I just got to be me, right? I can't be T.D. Jakes or I can't be Joel Osteen. <laughs> Amen. Well, every day is a Friday. Uh, 
the other day, someone introduced me. I said, what's Dave Martin like? So I said, he's kind of a mixture between Joel Osteen and Larry the Cable Guy. Say, what in the world? Just hold your Bible up with me and say, get her done. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I'm just saying, you gotta be you, right? You gotta open your gift. You gotta unwrap your gift and be everything that God wants you to be. And, and I, I was thinking about the series, even the pastor began last week talking about one life at a time and, uh, and how our life can make a difference in someone else's life. And, and, uh, and so God made you and created you on purpose, for a purpose, really to make a difference. And, and to make a difference in someone's life. Someone's waiting for you to find your purpose, waiting for you to get in your place. Uh, and, and God's put that whole thing together like that. And so you gotta find your gifts. You gotta find what God created you for. My wife and I uh, have been happily married now for 18 years. And, uh, and a, a few weeks ago, we had our 25th wedding anniversary. And so on our... Some of y'all get that a little later. But anyway, uh, uh, she, she, it was our anniversary. She said, honey, it's our anniversary. I said, I know. She said, I had a dream last night that you were gonna give me a diamond necklace. She said, what do you think that means? I said, you know, baby, when you open your present, you're gonna find out. But she was so excited. We went to dinner that night, and I gave her an anniversary gift. She was ripping the paper off of it, and, and I'd, I'd bought her this book on the meaning of dreams, and um, because I had no idea what, what it meant, actually, but, uh, uh, but life is like, it's a gift, right? And gifts are meant to be enjoyed. Gifts are meant to be unwrapped. A couple Christmases ago, I got my mother-in-law a gift for Christmas. I got, got her a cemetery plot, and, and I, I <laughs> my mother-in-law. Yeah, I just, I, she was upset. I, last year, I didn't get her anything. She was upset. She was, you didn't get me anything for Christmas this year. I'm like, you didn't even use what I got you? <laughs> just saying, when you give someone a gift, right, you want them to enjoy it. So God has given us this gift called life. Life was meant to be enjoyed, right? And so how do we unwrap this gift? How do we get the most out of this gift? Let me, let me jump into this because uh, I, I got a, a short amount of time. How many will listen fast if I talk fast, because uh, I, I, I got a bunch of stuff I want to I wanna give to you today. But I was just thinking of Pastor's message last week, and as, as we move into this series on one life at a, at a time, and, and he began to share about, uh, about a life that made a difference and how our lives can make a difference. And whether you're serving in the, in the parking lot or whether you're serving in the kids' ministry or, or you're giving all that, God designed each one of us to make a difference. And until we begin to live out that design, we'll live without satisfaction. See, because you were created to make a difference in someone's life. And when you begin to realize in our dream team uh, room at, the, at, the, at our church, in, uh, in, in Detroit, we got a big sign that said, that says every Sunday is someone's first Sunday, right? Today is someone's first Sunday and we're so honored that you chose to worship with us. And, and we got another sign there that says, what you do today will echo through eternity. See, what you do today, whether you were in the kids ministry, whether you're an usher, whether you're working a camera, whatever you're doing, wherever you're serving, that smile in the parking lot, whatever it may have been, affects someone today will say yes to Jesus here at Vibrant Church. Someone will say yes. And think about this, I'm sure several people will say yes, because we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that. We don't want you to leave without an opportunity to say yes, because life goes better when you put God first, right? Life goes better when you put God first. 
And when you put God first, I'm telling you, he'll take you places you've never dreamed of. And, and, and so uh, we always want to give people an opportunity for that. But, but today, what if, what if we did all this work today, all the tens and, and hundreds of people that are serving and, and making a difference and doing all this stuff, what if we did all that and just one person said yes to Jesus today? Only one? That's it? No, no. If just one life at a time. If just one person, would it be worth it all that we did today for that one person? Would it be worth it? Yeah, of course it would be worth it. And that's why it's so important when I, when I think about that because the church is kind of made up of, of like, we got the vibrant family, right? That's everybody in here. You're part of the vibrant family. Those of you that are joining us online uh, for whatever reason, maybe you couldn't make it. Maybe you just watch it online. Maybe you're, maybe you're in, the, in the military and you're somewhere in a barracks somewhere in another country joining us online because this is your church, Vibrant Church. By the way, thank you for serving our country. Come on, can we thank those that are watching online? We're so grateful uh, for you. But um, all, when all that that happens and all that that, that, that takes place uh, and all those people, even if you just come on Christmas and Easter, and you say, I go to Vibrant Church. There are people like that. That's our Vibrant Church family, and we're so grateful for all the family, right? But inside of that big family that calls Vibrant Home is another family. It's a little smaller than the, than the big family that, that calls Vibrant Home. That's the serving family. And, and that's those people that serve every week or serve once a month or how often you, you do or can, but you're doing something to make a difference. You're doing something to impact lives. And, and we're so honored. We couldn't do, we wouldn't have Vibrant Church. We wouldn't have the whole family if it wasn't for the serving family. Pastor gave us an opportunity last week. And, and the table's out there today too. They can, they can sign up and, and get involved. If you're not part of that, it's something about serving that just makes a uh, makes an incredible, incredible difference. But, but um, inside, of that, inside of that serving family is, is a smaller family still, and that's the giving family. And that's those that, that give, those that, that trust God and honor God with their tithe and with their offering and with their, with their giving. And we're so grateful for the giving family because without the giving family, we wouldn't have the serving family. And without the serving family, we wouldn't. I mean, none of it would be if it wasn't for that giving family. And if you haven't joined that family, I think it'd be, it'd be, a, great, it'd be a great family to get a, get a part of. And so, and so when you begin to look at it and begin to understand a little bit, it, sometimes you have to, to adjust some of your, your thinking a little bit. And, and, and all the time, we, we've got to work on our, our thinking. Uh, it, it, probably more than anything else in the Bible, it's, it's what I think anytime God talks about something on a regular basis, it's probably pretty important to him. And so God talks to us a lot about, probably more than any other subject, our thinking. As a person thinks, so will they be, right? And so uh, tonight, today, in the next few minutes, let me just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, be the doctor today, and I'm going to give you a little checkup, okay? A little checkup from the neck up <laughs> to get rid of some stinking thinking. How many have ever had some stinking thinking? How many have ever, how many would admit at some point in your life, your thinking has held you back from what God has for you. You're just your own thinking. Look, just about every one of us in here would admit that. And so it's, it's something that we obviously have to look at a lot because, well, we're gonna look at a scripture here that talks about every day renewing our mind, right? Now, I grew up in a Pentecostal spirit-filled church down in, 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 in South Mississippi, and we thought that scripture said, be transformed by the removal of your mind. We just... 
We just were wild, run around, shout, fall down. We just loved, we did it all. And, and, but I looked, it, it said the renewal of your mind. It's a, it's a change in the way that you think. It's the way that you look at things. And so, so I'm gonna give you this little checkup today. Like you, you probably heard about the guy went to the, the doctor. He said, doctor, I'm in pain everywhere. My whole body just hurts. Everywhere I touch, my shoulder, I touch my shoulder. Oh, that hurts. My knee, I touch my knee and it hurts. And, and my hip hurts. I'm just, my head, everywhere I touch, it's just my body is in pain everywhere. Doctor, can you figure out what's wrong? And the doctor said, let's do some tests. They ran a whole series of tests, checked everything out, and they said, I figured out what's wrong with you. He said, you got a broken finger. And a lot of people, oh, yeah, you've got all this. And, and, and a lot of times it's just changing the way we think. Now, I, I grew up, um, I had to work on my thinking a lot. I had to work on my thinking a lot. I, I didn't grow up around the smartest people. Um, that, that was in my neighborhood. Anyway, this one lady walked out one morning to get a newspaper, and she was on her way back to the house, and she noticed a body laying in her yard. She ran back in the house, called the police. She goes, there's a dead body in my yard. They said, okay, ma'am, we'll be right there. Where are you located? She said, I'm at, I'm at 423 Sycamore Street. This is our 423 Sycamore. Okay, we'll be right there. Uh, ma'am, how, how do you spell Sycamore? She said, uh, I thought you guys would know that. They, they said, we don't know it. Your address, you should know it. She said, I don't know how to spell I, I think it's C, Y, no, S. She said, I'm just gonna drag him over to Elm. Can you guys pick him up over there? And, and, and so... I had to work a lot on my, on my thinking. And so I, I believe outside of your salvation, outside of salvation, outside of putting Jesus number one in your life, the quickest and the greatest way to turn your life around is to change your thinking. It's to change your thinking. Let me show you a scripture in Romans chapter 12. Because I, I just believe mindset, mindset matters. Now, I don't have time to get into a lot of this, uh, but I'm going I'm to share a little bit with you. I wrote a book, uh, a newest book that just came out. It's called Mindset Matters. Mindset Matters. If you can change your thinking, you can change your world. If you change your mind, you can change your world. And I'm going to teach you a little bit from it today, uh, but I want to stay in the, in the series that we're talking about. So if, if kind of that mindset thing hits you a little bit or you're like, man, that's something I need to really work on, I encourage you. Uh, I think they got a few copies. We didn't bring enough for everybody. It's not everybody's into their thinking. <laughs> Obviously, you know, you know some. Don't, don't point at them. I saw that. Uh, but, uh, you know, and so, so if, if you're one of those people who go, man, that's an area where I really am battling or I need to work on is my mindset I encourage you, grab a, grab a copy uh, of the book on your way out. It'll be a, a help to you. And I'll be back there. I'd love to meet you, sign some books. But, but how, many, how many would like to be doing better than you're doing right now? In some area of your life, you'd like to be doing better than you're doing? Most all of us. And, and so, or we desire different outcomes. So if the way that you thought and the way that you believed up until now was capable of producing what you desire, you'd already have what you desire. So if you don't have what it is you're believing for, desiring, obviously maybe it's just some wrong thinking or wrong believing that may be the problem. So I wanna, I wanna look at this a little bit today and, uh, and, and see how our thinking could change. And, and I was at the dentist the other day and, and they were doing my teeth cleaning, right? And, and they were, it was all fine until they got the dental, the floss out. And then they just, I think they're just trying to hurt you. At that point, they're just like in there grinding, pulling on it, and and uh, and it, it was just it was painful, and your gums are hurting, and and, and I'm, I don't even understand that because like I, I know they tell you how important flossing is, and I, I 
I don't even know if there's going to be dentists in heaven. But, um, uh, but, I, but I thought, he's like, the purpose of this is to get that stuff that's stuck between your teeth. You got to get all that, that junk out. And I thought, man, I would love to do that with some Christians. I'd love to, to, to just open up the top of their head and get out some mental floss. And just go in there and get out some of that junk that's holding us back and that's keeping us from everything that God has for us to do and, and hindering us from reaching the people that God wants us to reach and, and touch the lives that God wants us to touch and to make a difference because uh, it is all about just one life at a time. And so, so I'm like, how can we work on this? And how can we do this? As a man thinks, so will it be. So the Bible talks to us about this. And here's what it says in Romans 12, verse number two. Romans 12, verse number two. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't try to be like the, don't follow the world's pattern for things. But let God transform you. Who? Let who transform you? God, how I many want God to transform you, right? Let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. That's what it says right there, isn't it? By, by how, how's he gonna change you into a new person? By changing the way that you think. So God has this pattern and plan for blessing your life. He wants you to live a blessed life, and, and he doesn't want you to conform to the pattern of this world, which is a, a mediocre plan, a struggling plan. A, his plan for you is good, right? Uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, my plans for you are good, not to harm you, but to give you hope. Here's the good news. God is for you. Just say that. Say, God is for me. Yeah, I want you to believe that and know that God is for you, not against you. It says right there, his plans for you are for good to give you hope and, and a future. And so he wants to transform the way you look at things by changing the way you think. Now that word transform is a, 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 in, in the Greek is the word metamorpho, which is where we get the English word metamorphosis, right? An ugly caterpillar turns into a beautiful butterfly. There's a major transformation. And, and a lot of times people will, will, will um, call me, a lot, about 50% of what I do is in the corporate arena. Uh, God's opened up some doors. I just kind of feel like a missionary to the corporate arena as a as a as a public speaker. And they'll call me a motivational speaker, and that that's fine. I don't. I'm not a motivational speaker. I don't even. I don't think there's any such thing as a motivational speaker. But because uh, I don't think anybody can really motivate you except you, right? I, mean, I can't motivate you. Only you can motivate you. I don't tell them I'm not a motivational speaker because they're paying me a lot of money to be one. So I just I kind of go with it. But. Um, what I really want to be is a transformational speaker. I hope that something I, I say today will change the way you think and, and help you look at things a little different. Like, with the, like when pastor says, one life at a time. Okay, how do we need to change? We need to change the way we think about serving and how we serve and where we serve and, and if we serve. Right, all of us should be using the gifts and abilities and things God's given us to help others. So, uh, uh, so we got that serving family. Maybe, maybe giving is a, a way that we need to change the way we we look at things. Because if we change what we believe and what we think, whether it's about God, whether it's about ourselves, because how you see yourself is important too. A lot of people, I've mean, I never met so many Christians that have such low self-esteem as Christians. I'm working on my confidence. No, you need to work on your godfidence, right? Not your confidence. I mean, my, my goodness, 
how other, don't worry about how other people see. How other people see you is none of your business anyway. I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So quit worrying about what everyone else thinks. How you see yourself, of course, is important, but you know, things happen. People say things to us, do things to us that affect our self-esteem. But I, I can't even live by, by that. I mean, I've had so many people, one time in high school, a girl broke up with me. She's like, I'm breaking up with you. You got low self-esteem. I was like, great, that, that helped, you know. <laughs> another, time, another time in high school, this girl called me. She goes, hey, come over to my house. Nobody's home. I went over there. There's nobody home. <laughs> that hurts. I'm just, I'm knocking, knocking, nothing. And, and so things happen, right, that affect our self-esteem. But the, the third way to see yourself is to see yourself the way God sees you. And so, so, so God did not say here that you would be transformed by praying more. He didn't say you'd be transformed by reading your Bible more, going to church more, giving more, confessing your sins more. No, he said you'd be transformed. How? By what? Changing the way you think. Now, all those other things are vital. All those other things are important to your daily walk with God. You need to pray more. You need to read your Bible more. You need to give more. You need to serve more. All those are important. But, but what it says here, if you really want to change it, you got to change the way. He transforms you by changing the way you think. So the obvious truth is if you want your life and your experience to be different than it is right now, you got to start thinking different. So the greatest positive change you'll make in your life is to change the way you think. So your mindset matters. Everybody say that with me, say mindset matters. Okay, if you're online, just type it in there, mindset. Don't think you just get to sit and watch, watch us and drink coffee because you ain't here. You gotta, if we gotta say it, you gotta do something too, okay? There's a lot of people out there, we forget about them sometimes. We're watching you today. Okay, so, uh, so this transformation takes place. Now, now we get wrong mindsets so often uh, in, in areas where we need transformation, whether it's in our health, right? The Bible talks a lot to us about our, our health. Oh, shoot, don't get on that too much. That's the only sin we're really allowed at church. It's eating bad and stuff. So uh, relationships, finances, oh, man. I remember the, the story of, of Solomon, by the way, my son's name is Solomon, because I, I love Solomon. He's one of my favorite people. But, but God came to Solomon and said, Solomon, anything you want, you can have it. Anything you want. And, and he starts giving him like choices, right? Behind door number one, it's like a game show, the life of your foes. Behind door number three, uh, honor. Uh, uh, behind door number two, wealth and riches. And, and, and he says, which one do you want? And, and, and Solomon said, you know what, God, just give me wisdom. That's what I want. I just, I just want some, some wisdom. And you know, God said, you know, because you've asked for wisdom, I'm gonna give you everything else. So wisdom is the master key, right? If you have a master key, you can open up every door. So wisdom becomes the master key, whether it's in your health, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your relationship. If you have the master key, wisdom is the principal thing, the Bible says. So if you want tomorrow to be different than today, you've gotta learn something today that will make tomorrow different. If you go into tomorrow with the same information you have today, you won't really have a tomorrow, you'll just have a longer today. So how many, want, how many have got some area of your life you'd like to be better than it is right now? Okay, so all of us obviously want tomorrow to be different than today. So where does it start? It starts with our thinking. Starts with our thinking. Let me, let me give you a story. Pastor talked about the, the, the Samaritan 
uh, at the well, the woman at the well last week. So I'm gonna talk about a different Samaritan story today. Um, but it's in, uh, it's in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10. And I'm gonna give this to you fast. By the way, because uh, uh, I'm not gonna get back on a lot, I'm gonna show you some different mindsets here uh, that, that I think we need to choose one of these mindsets I'm gonna share with you today. But if you really wanna dig into more of your thinking and transformation or, or if you have battles in your mind, uh, and, and we all face battles in our mind, our choices are really important and all that. I get into all that in the, in the book. And so I, I encourage you, grab a copy of the book. If you're like me and you really wanna dig down and learn and grow, I, I, I put together a little coaching uh, program, a little masterclass. So it's, it's good to read the book, but if you want the masterclass, uh, it's, like a, it's like an eight-week class that you can go through, and I'll go through with you, and there's, there's videos and workbook that you go with it and, and all kind of stuff that goes with it. I remember one time I went to hear this guy, Peter J. Daniels, and he was doing better than I'm doing, so obviously he knew something I didn't know. At the end, he goes, I got books, CDs, and all this, and I said, man, that guy knows something, but the Bible tells me wisdom is the principal thing, that whatever I do, get wisdom, and so I, I knew enough that it was important to get some, so you go, to my, you go to my office, I got 4,000 books. Why? There's too much stuff I don't know. I hate not knowing stuff. The difference between where you are and where you wanna be is what you know. The Bible talks to us about how valuable it is. He said, Proverbs 1, verse five, he started with, if you're smart, you'll get smarter. A wise person increases in learning. And then he tells us it's more valuable than silver, it's more profitable than gold, it's more precious than rubies. So after this meeting, with, I was at this seminar with this guy, I ran back and said, I want everything this guy's got. They said, you want everything? I said, everything. He knows something I don't know. I'm gonna find out what it is. They said, all right, if you buy everything back here, it's $1,600 for everything. And um, I didn't know he knew that much stuff. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of crazy. My friend said, that's crazy. You're not gonna get it, are you? I said, I think I, think I might. He goes, you think it's worth it? I said, you know what? I think I'm worth it. See, I don't buy a book because I think it's worth 20 bucks. I buy a book because I think I'm worth 20 bucks. And, and so I invest in, in me. And so, so if, if you want the whole enchilada, it's, it's only, I think normally if you went to our websites, I don't forget what it is, like 397 or something. At church, uh, it, it's $97. So you can tell them, you can get the book, I think it's 20, or you say, I want the whole thing, it's $97. And, and, and I'll be with you for the next uh, eight weeks when you wake up in the morning. I'll be there at your house. We're gonna go through this together. But anyway, I think it'll help you. But look at this, um, look at this scripture, Luke chapter 10. Uh, Jesus answered by telling a story. Jesus told a lot of stories. He said, there was once a, a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way by. Thank goodness the preacher was coming. And when he saw the guy, well, he went across the street and didn't even talk to him. The preacher, that's what it says. Then a Levite, a religious man, a good Christian, showed up, and he avoided the guy too. He's like, I'm out of here. Then the Samaritan and Pastor told us the whole thing about the Samaritans and Gentiles and all that last week. But, but if you hadn't watched that message, if you weren't here, you need to, you need to go back and watch it. But uh, a Samaritan was traveling uh, the road and came up on this guy. And when he saw him, his heart went out to him. I mean, just one guy. 
one life at a time, right? And so he gave him some first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. And then he lifted him up on his donkey and took him to a hotel, made him comfortable. In the morning, he took some money over and said, hey, look, let's take care of his bill. And, uh, and he said, if it costs any more, I'll be back by on my way back and I'll, I'll take care of that as well, I'll pay that. And, and, uh, and, and what, do you, what do you think? What do you think, they asked. Which of these three uh, became a neighbor to the man attacked by robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religious scholar responded to Jesus. And Jesus said, okay, go and do the same. Now, it's a real simple story, but I noticed in this story some mindsets. Since we're talking about mindset and we're talking about making a difference in someone's life, these people had some different mindsets. We're gonna start with the lowest so if you got a pen and paper, I want you to write these, these mindsets down, okay? Or your phone, you can put it in your phone if you're taking notes. Uh, if you're not taking notes today, just go ahead and write these down. <laughs> Start with the lowest, we're gonna kind of work our way up a little bit higher. But the first mindset we saw uh, that people had in this story was the mindset of a robber. You know the story, the man's going down the road, the robbers see him, and they decide to take his stuff. From a robber's viewpoint, their, their mindset on possessions, we, we're talking about the giving family, and your giving can make a difference. You know, everything that we do here happens because of people like you that are faithful to honor God and to give to God and, and understanding of your possessions. And, and, and these people didn't really have the mindset like, like a lot of you may have here. But the robber's viewpoint is what's yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. Now, that's what a robber does. What's yours is mine, I'm gonna take it. Now, I know immediately when you hear that, you think, well, that's not, that's not me. I mean, shoot, you can just pass that one on. I'm pretty good there. I passed that test. And, 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 you, and I would tell you that although most of us may pass that test, uh, what we don't understand is that we were all born robbers, really. Every, every one of us, we were, we were born in sin, we were born selfish, so there's a little bit of robber in all of us. What's yours is mine. In fact, it's real interesting, in the Old Testament, when they start talking about possessions, God looked at, 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 at us, looked at the people, and he said, you guys have robbed me. They said, what do you mean? How, 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 do, we, how do we rob you? And, well, let me show you, Malachi 3. Let me show you this real quick. You probably heard this. Uh, begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. Yes, how have we robbed you? Said the tithe and offering, that's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're, you're robbing me. Bring your whole tithe. Now tithe, by the way, is just, it just means 10th, right? It's just, it's just a, a, a math word. It's not, it's not even a Bible word, it's a math word. It means 10th. We grew up learning about tithe in church. We always heard that word. You better pay your tithe or God will kill you. Anybody else go to a church like that? They scared us. We didn't have vision and hear about how awesome the stuff we're doing to impact our city and the world. It was like, God was like the godfather of the mafia and tithe was like protection money. Just <laughs> give God his money, he won't break your legs. You know, and, and so it says, bring all the tithe to the temple treasury so that there's plenty left over so we can help people. Test me and see if I don't open up heaven over you, pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For, for my part, I'm reading this from the message 
uh, version or, or, or and will defend you against the Miranders and protect the wheat fields and, and, and the plunderers, says the Lord. So have you ever asked yourself, how could I rob God? I mean, he has everything, right? I mean, it, it, he has everything. How could I rob him? And he tells us, he says, well, uh, he says, when you don't have the right mindset when it comes to your possessions and you somehow think that's what, what's his is yours, you don't rob him like that. He, he's, it's not like he's gonna go bankrupt, right? It, it's, it's not like, uh, 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 you know, God's place in heaven going, oh my goodness, if, if Dave doesn't give today, oh, man, we just bought new robes for these angels. I don't know how we're gonna pay for all this stuff, right? <laughs> we were, my wife and I were at the bank and the guy in front of us, he, he, he had a mask on and not, you know, not the COVID mask, like a regular, like a mask. Like he, was, he was robbing the bank right in front of us and, and it, it had the teller and his mask came off and, and he asked, he said, did you see my face? The teller said, yeah, I saw it. And he shot the teller. He turned around, looked at me and my wife, he said, did either one of you see my face? And my wife said, he did. I made that up, but anyway, uh, that was pretty funny. So, so I mean, if you're if you're stingy and you don't and you don't give, listen, God's going to be okay. God will survive without you. But it's it's a mindset. You see, he, he, he's talking about this, and, and I, he says, "I want to bless you. I want to open up heaven over your life. My greatest desire as as your heavenly Father is to be gracious and be benevolent." to you, to bless you in all these areas of your life, but, but we don't understand these possessions and we have a wrong mindset and we think what's his is ours. And that's what happens when you rob him. The big thing you rob him of really is you rob him of the privilege of blessing you. Because that's what he says he wants. So, so th- this incredible, generous, benevolent God wants to come into your life. He wants to bless you. But the moment that you and I look and say, it's mine. Anybody have kids? Like that, it's mine, that's mine. And so he says, look, put, let me put you to the test. Let me put you to the test. These, these kids are always, you know, that's mine. If I touched it, it's mine. If I can take it away from you, it's mine. If I had it a while ago, it's mine. If I say it's mine, it's mine. If it looks like mine, it's mine. If you're having fun with it, it's mine. If you lay it down for a minute, it's mine. If it breaks, well, it's yours. Okay, but so, so that's a wrong mindset. So then we get, to, so we got the robbers, right? And, and so then we can move on here to the priests. Look at this priest and the Levite. Their mindset is what's mine is mine. It's mine, I worked for it. I'm just gonna, I, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm just gonna keep it. And so Jesus is telling the story. They, they see the robber and, and beat up and they just pass by. They go the other side of the street. They don't wanna be troubled you know, what's mine is, is, is mine. They got business to do. They're on the way to Jericho. Got a meeting at Starbucks. And uh, what's mine is, is mine. I'm not stopping. You know, you know you can't take your money with you anyway, right? My grandfather used to always say, you've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul, right? Well, I want to keep it. It's mine. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to take it all to heaven. I heard about a guy told his wife, said, listen, when I die, I've worked hard for this money. And I, I want you to promise taking it all with me. I want you to promise to put it all in my casket, get all my money gathered all up, put it in my casket because I'm taking it, taking it with me. A few years later, he passed away and, 
They're having the funeral right before the, the minister said, we're going to close the, the casket. She goes, wait, wait just a second. She takes the box up and puts it, puts it in the casket. Her friend said, what was that? What were you doing? He goes, well, she said, years ago, my husband made me promise that he wanted to take everything he had, all of his money, take it all with him to, to, to heaven. He wanted to take it all with him, so I promised I'd put it in this casket. She goes, you did that? Are you crazy? You actually did that. She said, yeah, I did. I promised. It was a promise. I went around, found all of his money, all of his cash, got it all together. I put it in our, our, our checking account, and I wrote him a check. <laughs> kind of like that, that lady. But uh, it's mine. It's mine. My son and I were in New York a couple weeks ago, and, and I don't know if it was just God and his faithfulness, but our hotel was right across the street from a two-story Krispy Kreme. Y'all have Krispy Kreme here? With the red light? That's the flames of hell. That red light is just the devil trying to... Uh, but I, I got up that morning. I said, you know, Lord, if you want me to have some of those Krispy Kreme today, when I open this, this blind, that red light's gonna be on, and I'll know, right? And I open the blinds, and I'm like, God... And it wasn't. It wasn't on. And, and uh, so I closed the blinds. I laid back down for a little while. And I'm like, God, if you really want me to do this, I, and I opened them again. And that time it was on, so I knew, right? I knew that it was God. And, and uh, we got a couple. My son, and my, my son was eating his. I took a bite of his. I was trying to do good because I've, I've been trying to lose weight. I've been off the Krispy Kreme now for, like my goal this year, I wanted to lose 40 pounds this year, right? And so here we are almost October, right? And I've, I've only got like 45 to go. Um, and so I wasn't eating one, but he had one. And, and so I just took a bite. He goes, hey, hey, that's mine. I'm like, yours? I paid for that Krispy Kreme donut. I bought it. I brought, you wouldn't even be in New York if I didn't bring you. Everything you got came from me. And you won't give me a bite of your donut. I, I could shove that whole donut down your, I, I wouldn't do that. But he didn't understand. He thought what was his was his. And so that second thing is I, I, don't, think, I don't think we understand that, that uh, uh, um, uh, there's a, a, third, a third one. Third one. Be generous. My goodness, if he'd have gave me a donut, I'd have bought him a whole dozen. What Proverbs says, the word of the generous gets larger and larger. The word of the stingy, smaller and smaller. The, 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 the third kind of mindset, the next mindset, Christians. And Christians think this is the highest one. They think this is the highest one. This is the good Samaritan. What's, what's mine is yours. What's mine is yours. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it. He, he, he was probably thinking, I wasn't planning on stopping. It wasn't, it wasn't in, the, in the plan. I had things going on, but you needed me. And I, I, I wanted to make a difference, one life. I wanted to make a, a difference. And so he, he stops and he bandages the guy up and he, he gets him to a hotel and he gives him some money. And, and the priest, the Levite, then the good Samaritan, all of them saw the problem. All of them had an opportunity to help, but they all had a reason not to help as well. And that's where the mindset difference came in. What's yours is mine, the robber, priest, the Levite. What's mine is mine. I don't have to be bothered with you. I got stuff to do. What's mine is yours. I want to help the good Samaritan. All were in the same, very same setting. All were in the same service. You ever notice that? How so many people could be in the same service and yet hear totally different things, respond totally different ways. 
They all had the same scenario. So when people say, well, well I, I don't know if I've ever had the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. Listen, we've all had the opportunity to make a difference. We've all had the opportunity. Every day you have an opportunity. In fact, if you're wondering if I ever had the opportunity, today's your day. Today's your day to make a difference, to decide I can make a difference in one life, one life at a time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna serve in the parking lot. I think the parking lot ministry, that's my favorite ministry. If I could serve anywhere, I would be in the parking lot. It makes such a huge difference. I call them, at my church, we call them the asphalt angels, right? Because just that smile, someone you've been inviting, they're having a bad day, they decide to come, and all of a sudden there's a smile. Hey, welcome, come on right this way, park over here. Like, man, this, what, this is awesome. It, it, can make a, it can make a difference, but I, I, gotta, I gotta wrap this up. Uh, look at your neighbor, say, don't miss this one. I'm out, of, I'm out of time, but don't, don't, don't tell them that part. Just say, don't miss this one. This one's, this one's a, a, a good one. The, the last one, and this is the mindset that, that, that says this. It says, what's mine is not even mine. It's all his. I'm just here to manage it. What's mine is not even mine. The psalmist said this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live and what's mine is not mine. In the moment that I understand it's not mine, I no longer want to control it. I no longer want to hold on to it. I'm just here to manage it. And if God can use me to be a part of the giving family, because I wouldn't have, I mean, the fact that I woke up this morning, I could breathe because of him. Everything I've got came from him. So if he can use me to make a difference in someone's life through my generosity, through my giving. Listen, when, when you're having a battle with God about possessions, like when we have an opportunity to give, when you're having that battle in, in your mind, what you, you, you have forgotten that they're not yours. None of it's yours. And the whole giving battle in life is just that, that you have not had the right mindset and the right understanding that it's not yours, it's his. It's his, it's his money, it's his possessions. Everything we got, it's not yours, it's not mine. Just say this with me, say it's his. Come on, online, just type that in, just type in, it's his. And I, I know this series, as we, as we talk about it over the next few weeks, and making a difference, whether it's serving, whether it's getting out there and signing up saying, I'm ready to serve. Maybe you've never joined that family. Maybe you've joined the serving family and you're part of the, the, the vibrant family. Maybe you've never gone a little deeper and said, you know what, I'm gonna begin to trust God and honor God and I wanna get in the giving family. I understand it's not mine anyway. It's all his. He's just let me, let me manage it while I'm here. I, I'm out of town. Let me pray for you real quick. How many got at least one thing that helped you today? At least one thing that helped you today. Father, I, I've, I've taught the message that I feel like you asked me to teach and the mindset hopefully has been, been understood. I don't, I don't need to say anything else. You're, hopefully you, the people have caught it and I'm thankful for that. We're grateful. We all need to work on our mindset in some area. Lord, help us to get an understanding of, of this, to to steward it. The moment that we start managing it, Lord, that uh, 
if we're willing to give it quickly and to, to give it joyfully and to give it unselfishly because it's all yours anyway. We're just giving back to you what, what was yours. And today, Lord, we repent. And, and if, we, if we haven't had the right mindset when it comes to our, our, our finances and our possessions, Lord, we just ask you to help us change the way we think, to transform us by, by changing. We change our, our mindset regarding our, our possessions. And we thank you, God, for uh, for that today. And Lord, we thank you that as we do that, we'll move into new levels of, of blessing and living like we've never experienced before. Lord, that word repent also means to change the way we think. Lord, as we change the way we think maybe about our generosity or maybe the way we think about serving, Lord, the most important thing we can change is is the decision to put you first and to have a real transformation to say, Lord, what's in my life that's not of you? I want it gone from my life. I want to make a decision today. I said it earlier, life goes better when you put God first. When you understand it's all his anyway. The fact that you're breathing today is because of him. I want to close today with giving you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. Maybe you're here and you've never made that decision. You say, Dave, I've never made a decision to say yes, maybe you're that one life that we did all this for today, just for you. I mean, that Jesus, when he went to the cross and he died, he did it just for you. Whether you're online or whether you're here in the room with us today, if that's you today, you say, Dave, that's me. I've, I've never made the decision to put God first, but I wanna do that today. Or maybe you say, you know what, at one point, at one point God was first place, but my priorities have kinda got out of, out of, out of whack a little bit here. and I'm. Today, I want to make a decision to put God back first place, back number one in my life. Maybe you've allowed a job, a relationship, something to come before God. I'm going to count to three. When I count to three with the heads bowed, I'm going to look across the room just one time. Online, you can pop up a little hand emoji or something. If you're in the room, when I count to three, number one, you're here and you say, you know what? I've never put Jesus first. I want to do that. Two, I want to put Jesus back first place in my life. He's not right now. I want to get my priorities right. I want to get my thinking right. Life goes better when you put God first. One, two, three. Let me see your hand across the room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the, in the risers. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you in the back. God bless you. Online. Father, I thank you for those that are joining us online. Those all across the room today that said yes. Yes to you today. To make a decision to put you first place in their life, maybe some for the first time or some for the first time in a long time. We thank you for all those that are serving and giving and, and, and doing those things because today, one, two, three, eight, 10, 15 people already have said yes. One life at a time, it was all worth it. We thank you for that opportunity. Everyone say this with me, just everyone say, dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender everything to you. I understand I wouldn't have it if it wasn't for you. The breath in my body. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Best decision you'll ever make is the decision to say yes to Jesus. Come on, put your hands together for those who made that decision today.